Hey y'all, what is up? Welcome back to the KKWP Podcast with your girl P. Thank y'all for tuning in for episode 7. I appreciate y'all for staying tuned. And let's go ahead and get right into it, y'all. So today we're going to be talking about generational freedom. And yes, this is linked to generational curses, generational bondage, generational cycles, and all the other terms that are used in terms of, um, you know, things that are attached to your bloodline and your, and your lineage. <laughs> all right, so I just recently got off of a fast. And the reason why the Lord called me into this fast was because I was dealing with something that was attached to my bloodline. And I thought it was just probably like a personal problem. But then God told me to, like, look back at my family and he was basically saying, like, um, your family has, like, a cycle of poverty that has been placed on them. And I want you to be the one to break this. So he called me into a fast. And, y'all, when I tell you, like, on the first night of this fast, I got attacked so badly, y'all. I was taking a nap in my bed. And I got attacked with, like, um, I, I ended up having lustful dreams. And it attacked me so bad because usually if I have any of, the other, any of those lustful kind of dreams, I immediately cast them out. And I immediately say uh, something along the lines like, I rebuke these dreams and I take every thought captive and I make it obedient to Christ Jesus. But for some odd reason, it was so hard for me to utter those words as I was having those dreams. And it just attacked me very badly. And then finally... I just called on Jesus and I asked him to help me. And I was able to wake up from the dream. And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, this the one. You you ever get, like, those confirmations (laughs) during a fast? Like, oh, yeah, this definitely needs to happen. You ever get one of those confirmations during your fast? So, basically, that was, like, my confirmation from the fast that, like, okay, yeah, this was the right timing. And um, this fast needs to definitely happen. So, I just continued the fast and just went into it and came out of it. And the Lord was just revealing to me, like... Um, I'm calling you out from among them and second Corinthians chapter six, verse 17, it says, therefore come out from them and be separate, says the Lord, touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. So God, also, God revealed to me that he is calling me out from among my family. M- many, I realized that many of my family members are like kind of just satisfied where they're at. And this is not me talking down on anybody Um, but this is me speaking the truth, which is that we, we can live in abundance and we can live in freedom and we can live in all that God has for us. But some people, my family have become very content with the fact that, okay, we have poverty on our lineage. Why haven't anyone been fruitful? Why haven't anyone touched a million dollars? Why haven't anyone brought their own house? Why haven't anyone retired early? And again, these are just things, but it's still the fact that this is attached to our bloodline. So the fast was specifically for bloodline to be broken off the off of poverty to be broken off the bloodline. However, the Lord just began to reveal to me that your family is like ridden with fornication, lust, idolatry, and poverty. And I remember a while back, I, um, the Lord gave me a dream regarding like 
my family in Haiti. And yes, I am Haitian for those of you who don't know. And my family comes from Haiti. And Haiti is full of idolatry. And the main thing that they practice there is voodoo. And growing up, I remember that like my family would have like voodoo parties. And again, me spiritually unaware and me not not having a relationship with God at that time and me not knowing uh, much about God and much about what was going on at that time because I was young, I just thought this is this is this is the norm for Haitians. But I realized that like now me looking back, I realized like how um, idolatrous that was to have a whole party dedicated to this practice um, that harms people most of the time or people use it for their own selfish gain or people use it to uh, inflict misery on others I realized that like dang and then I began to look uh, over my bloodline and I realized that like a lot of members of my family practice voodoo and this is not something that's really talked about in the Haitian community. And I believe that it's mostly out of fear of talking against something that is going on, especially when Haitians believe this to be so powerful. But I do believe and I know for a fact that God is higher than any other spiritual being. I know that God is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He is Jehovah of Armies and that he will fight on my behalf. So I have the authority and the power to speak the truth and to speak the gospel, even if it goes against what people practice or the principalities, whatever it may be. Um, I just know that this is a spiritual battle and you have to fight spiritual battle with spiritual weapons. You can't go in a spiritual battle fighting it with you know, carnal weapons because, again, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against um, principalities of evil and darkness. So... So, just through that fast, God was just revealing to me multiple things. And I just remember, like, in various periods of my life, God kept reminding me that, like, I was going to be the one to uh, bring my family out of this. Or I was going to be the one to bring my family out of that. And at, at the time, I didn't really understand what he was saying. Like, I kind of got the idea of what he was saying. But I didn't understand to the full extent of what he is saying. But I remember hearing this message about the Ark Bearers. If you don't know who the Ark Bearers were, they were the Levitical priests um, early on in the Bible. Um, so we're going to go to Joshua 3. And it basically talks about the Israelites are crossing the Jordan. I'm going to just go ahead and read it. Um, so it says, early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left Arcasia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River where they camped before crossing. Three days later, the Israelites' uh, officials, officers went through the camp, giving the instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the, God, of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. Since they have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Stay about half a mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the Ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. Then Joshua told the people, Purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. In the morning, Joshua said to the priests, Lift up the Ark of the Covenant and lead the people across the river. And so they started out and went ahead of the people. The Lord told Joshua, Today I will begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of all of Israelites. 
they would know that I am with you just as I was with Moses. Give this command to the priests who carry the Ark of Covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a few steps into the river and stop there. So Joshua told the Israelites, come and listen to what the Lord said, your God says. Today, you will know that the living God is among you. He will surely drive out the Canaanites. Sorry, y'all, for pronunciation. Um, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites. I'm sorry, y'all, I really don't know these names. Gingrishites and Armonites and Jebusites ahead of you. Look, the Ark of the Covenant, which belongs to the Lord of the whole earth, will lead you across the Jordan River. Now choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. The priests will carry the Ark of the Lord and the Lord of all the earth. As soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of water will be cut off upstream and the river will stand up like a wall. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan, and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. It was the harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the Ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away to the town called Adam, which is near Zethan. And the water below that point flowed on to the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. So just so, I know y'all, I know y'all, bear with me, I know that was long. But just a little bit of background. So God promised to bring the Israelites into the promised land, which is across the Jordan River. And if you don't know... The Jordan River is like, it ain't no like soft streams. It ain't like just soft water flowing through that river. It's large waves, like a heavy body of water rushing like at full speed, at full capacity. So when Joshua gave the Israelites the command that the Levitical priests were to carry the ark into the river to stop the river water from flowing, you have to understand that like, they had a heavy mandate on them. Like, imagine just looking at this rushing body of water and having to step in it, right? So they had to go before the people. The people had to stay behind them. There were specific instructions that the people had to follow and specific instructions that the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant had to follow. So when they got to the river and the feet touched the edge of the riverbed, the waters began to spring up like a wall, making a path for the Levitical priests who are carrying the Ark of the Covenant to stop the water from flowing just so the people could pass through into the promised land. Now let's translate that into being the first one to do everything for your family, to being the first one to break generational curses off your family, to being the first one to defy the odds that, and being the first one to do everything in your family. And for me, I'm a first generation. I was the first one to graduate college. I was the first one to do a lot of things in my family. And that came with like a lot of hardships. That came with a heavier mandate because I was, at the same time, God was walking me through the process of breaking things off of my family lineage. And a lot of things that are uh, said or spoken over your family, they can't be broken simply just by you doing certain things. You have to understand that you have to fast. You have to learn to consecrate yourself and purify yourselves. That's why Joshua told the people, purify yourselves. 
before they were to cross because it's, it's a certain level of consecration that comes when you purify yourself and when you humble yourself and you go before the Lord and know that he will fight your battle for you, right? So a lot of the things that my family has been dealing with, like um, God has just been walking me through it on how to be the one to break these generational curses from off my family. And it came with a lot of hardships, y'all. I'm not even gonna lie. Like being the first one to do things in my family, when I tried to relay the message to my family, or I tried to ask for advice, it wasn't really helpful because I was the first one to do it. When I went to college, I couldn't ask them for advice on certain things or how to study or, you know, how to find a balance in school or how to maintain my personal life and academics and all these different things. I couldn't ask them for lessons on financial management and certain things because, again, I was the first one to deal with a lot of these things in my family. So it was kind of hard for me to... Uh, get help or it was hard for me to ask anyone for advice in my family but God just began to tell me like you're the you're gonna be the first one to do all of this and everyone after you is gonna learn from you because I'm calling you out from among them so just through this process God has just been working with me on being okay with being the first to do everything and I realized that like there's a lot of things that are on my family's bloodline that I don't want to trickle down to my children or to the future, future generations. Like, a lot of the idolatry, idolatry the, the, the fornication, the lust, the poverty, and so much more, I don't want that to trickle down onto my future children or onto the future generations of my family. So I had to go through the hardship of fasting. I had to go through the hardship of humbling myself and, and falling before the Lord, putting my face to the ground and going before the Lord and asking him to break me free from this. And the Bible declares that if the son of man sets you free, then you will be free indeed. And that is in John chapter eight, verse 36. Again, it says, so if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And I had to really live that out, y'all. I didn't. I had to really know that the blood of Jesus Christ was pl plastered over my life. I had to believe that if he granted me the access to freedom because of what he did on Calvary, that means that I have the right to be free. I don't have to live in bondage to what my family went through. I don't have to live in bondage to the poverty. I don't have to live in bondage to the fear of stepping out and being the first one to do everything. Because I know that if God has showed it to me and if God told me that I can have it, then it is mine. My inheritance as an adopted child of the kingdom of God is the entire kingdom. My inheritance is all that God has for me. So I know that I don't have to live in what my family has lived with. I know that I can take and have all that the Lord has for me and that I can be satisfied with that. And I don't have to live in the certain situations and circumstances that my family had to live in. And God just began to speak to me about that. And again, y'all, it was hard. It was not easy. But it's okay to be the first one to do everything. It's okay because as long as you have God, he will walk you through every single phase so if God chooses you to be the one to end the cycles in your family, it's because he knows what he has placed on the inside of you. He knows what it is that you're getting ready to birth. He knows your capacity and he knows that 
you have the ability through Christ Jesus to do exactly what he set out for you to do, which is to break your family free of the cycles that the enemy has them in and break your family free of the bondage and the chains and the shackle that the enemy has placed them in. And you do not have to be fearful for the Lord your God is with you and he will fight for you. Same way when the people were crossing the Jordan River, the ark bearer, the people who were bearing the ark, literally holding the ark in the middle of the Jordan River as it was split in half for the entire nation of Israel to pass through. You are going to be the ark bearer for your family. You are going to be the one to bear the mandate of the ark and allow your family to pass through into the promised land. You just have to be faithful and know that God is working things out for your good. Yes, it may get tiring to hold the ark. And yes, it may get heavy. And yes, it may be hard. But you have to understand at the same time you are allowing your entire family to pass through into the promised land. Because you are being faithful in the position that God has called you in. And y'all, just a reminder. You also have to be spiritually mature for this. Don't jump into something too soon. Let God work on you. Let God prune you. Because if you jump into something too soon... And you're not ready for that kind of mandate. It will do more harm than good. So just you will know when God is preparing you. And you will know when God is calling you to do something. Because I ain't gonna lie y'all. I, I was not spiritually mature back then enough to know that. Since I was the first one that I was going to be ending a cycle. And that came with a lot of attacks. It came with so many attacks that, again, I wasn't aware of because I was I didn't know what I was doing at that time. Um, but, like, again, through the process, God just began to reveal things to me. And I began to grow my relationship with God. And I began to, he began to help me understand things and realize things. And my discernment began to grow. And so it was through that spiritual maturity that I was able to learn, okay, now it's, it's okay for me to do this. And... So I just want y'all to know that, like, take your time, let God work on you, let God prune you, let God continue to do the things that he knows that it's time for you to do and at that specific timing. Don't go ahead of God. And, and God will reveal to you things that are, like, attached to your bloodline. He will show you the things that need to be released from off of your bloodline. And again... This has to be done a specific way. The Bible declares that some things require praying and fasting. To break this kind of thing, it requires prayer and fasting. So some things you will have to consecrate yourself for. Some things you're gonna allow you have to allow God to prepare you for. You can't just jump into it in, immaturely and thinking that it's gonna fall off of your bloodline magically. No, there is a certain way, a certain process for this spiritual thing to be able to break off of your bloodline. And y'all, um, again, I didn't know much about this uh, early on. So I was just researching like, what does generational curses mean? What is generational bondage? What is generational cycles? And I was just researching y'all. And I came upon this website called iBlog Gospel. Uh, highly recommend it, y'all. Highly recommend it, y'all. Check that out. Definitely still have spirit of discernment and pray over everything. But um, that website's really good. It helped me to understand the different types of generational curses. Um, it helped me to understand the different types of bondage. And it, 
I like it because it kept referencing back to scripture. I love when I can hear things and see things and they keep referencing to scripture because it lets me know that what they're saying is in a, is, is coming from the word of God. It's stemming from the word of God. And uh, for that, for me personally, that was helpful. I liked, I wanted to see where did this come about in the Bible or where did God talk about this in the Bible or who went through such things in the Bible. So again, y'all, I recommend I blog gospel, um, just for y'all to understand what generational curses are. And of course, do your research as well. And of course, read the Bible as well. Most of your content and context is going to be from the Bible. And, and again, y'all, God had to walk this one out with me. I had to have faith in God that he was going to break this loose off of my bloodline and that the blood of Jesus was going to wash and cleanse my entire bloodline from this point on moving forward because God used me to intercede and stand in the gap for my family and God can do the same thing for you if God is calling you out from among them it's for a reason if the mandate is heavier on your life it's for a reason if your trials and tribulations are harder than most, it's for a reason. Let God use you. You don't, You may not understand what God is doing behind the scenes, but God always knows what he is doing. He is calling you to freedom. It is God's desire for you to be free. It is God's desire for you to be free. It's his desire for your entire bloodline to be free. But this can only happen through the 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 blood of jesus and you working hand in hand with god to help remove any curses or any cycles that have been placed on your family and again y'all it's gonna be a hard thing to do but if you let god take you through the process it will be so rewarding in the end to know that your future children won't have to deal with this and your future family and uh, generations to come won't have to deal with certain things that the past generations had to deal with. So what's been the most beautiful thing to me about this whole process of God just revealing these things to me in regards to the cycles that my families are, family is in or the generational curses or bondage that the enemy has them in. Um, I remember praying to God and saying that I don't want to go into marriage with these generational curses on my bloodline. I don't want to go into a relationship with generational curses on my bloodline. And I don't want to get into a marriage because having children, I would hate for them to have to deal with the same generational curses that I had to deal with. So I began to tell God, do the work on me. You called me out from among them. And you told me that I was going to be the one to break this loose off of my family's bloodline. Do the work on me so that when my future children do come, they don't have to suffer the consequences of what my family did in the past that continued to reap, reap down into each and every uh, generation that was to come afterwards. Do the work on me. Let me stand in the gap. Let me do the prayer. Let me do the fasting so that this these curses can be broken from off of my family so my future children don't have to deal with these things. And it was just... I'm bittersweet because, again, it's hard being the first one to do everything or it's hard to be the arc bearer for your family and it's hard to be the one to have to go through the fight just to break this from off of my bloodline but it was also sweet to know that my children won't have to deal with this because god has already handled it the blood of jesus has already been placed over my bloodline and that moving forward 
um, none of my family members also have to deal with these kind of things. So it's been rewarding in that sense. Definitely hard, but definitely rewarding at the same time. And I just want to thank God for the opportunity to be free. I thank God for the opportunity that I can have the authority and the power to declare freedom over my bloodline. And that I don't have to live in poverty. Or I don't, I don't have to live in shame. I don't have to live in embarrassment. I don't have to live in hatred. I don't have to live in fornication. I don't have to live in idolatry. I don't have to live in fornication. I don't have to live in these things because God has granted me freedom. The free will to choose what is right. To choose to be like Jesus. To choose a, to live a life symbolic of Jesus. And I just thank God for the opportunity to do so. So... Thank God for generational freedom. And so I thank y'all for tuning in with us. We will be back every Tuesday morning at 6.30 a.m. for Bible Talk Tuesday. And we are here every Thursday with a new episode. So I thank y'all for tuning in to season 1.7. And y'all have a good one. Love y'all. Peace. Oh.